everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Isan Is. Um, this time around, our episode is called Isan Thinks That Racist Patients Are Funny. You know, they're just, they're funny. They're just, they're, they're just funny in the way that they think and they act, you know? So we'll we'll get into it shortly. But there's a message from our sponsor. Hold on. So hello, thanks for sticking around um, after the message from our sponsor. Again, this is Isan Thinks Racist Patients are funny. Um, most people wonder what I mean by funny. Um, some of those people who either haven't taken care of racist patients or haven't really dealt with racist patients and like, um, or not even gay, it's just racist people in um, either service-oriented settings, maybe like restaurant, uh, like dealing with people at the grocery store. Um, most people probably understand um, what I'm saying. I just, I find it interesting, especially in healthcare. Um, no matter if you're talking about in a hospital or in a nursing home or in a group home, honestly, even if in doctor's office um, or at a clinic, how, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you think or really, I don't, I don't know how the patients think this is going to go well or this is going to be well received or somehow there's just going to be like a group of people who like look like you suddenly ready to swoop in and take care of you I've never seen that happen I doubt anyone could tell me an instance of that happening maybe it's happened somewhere in the world I don't believe so but maybe it happened for someone from what I know about most places that take care of people um most people that take care of people i the person who actually touches the people not the managers or the people um you know managing or overseeing or directing um you know the techs or nurses or ekg technicians or um environmental staff or whoever is actually mainly dealing with the patients um you know, and honestly, even if you get into management, a lot more of the people in management are looking like basically every ethnicity, not just white, like every ethnicity. So, excuse me, it's sort of that situation where, you know, a customer complains about their food or something at a restaurant, they're being mean to like, you know, Phil Wainer. he's like, okay, I'll get my manager. And Who's the manager? A black lady. Or it could be like, you know, a Hispanic lady. Or it could be a Hispanic man, but it's someone who you definitely thought it wasn't. And it's like, yes, yeah, so how how can we help you? You know, what would it, you know? You know, is there something wrong with the food and the chef? The guy in the back who made it? You know, he's probably from like Sri Lanka. And he pops out, he's like, yeah, so this, you know, as well as the food I made. It used to be like, 
all three different people from like all over the world. She's like, oh, well, oh, oh, you know, usually, or, you know, they just double down and just, you and whoever was with you won't be back at that restaurant. I know that. <laughs> That's when you get photos and pictures on walls or just save photos and just, if this person tries to ask for a table of whatever, nope. I'm going to send it to your little tablet they have up at the their D table. I'm going to send it there. So, look at that. This person. Trying to have a wig on. Mm -mm, don't let them in. But, uh, getting back on point with the patients. I work Saturday and Sunday. And I had a patient who apparently was, was okay with me. You know. And I preface this story. The... The patient needed a sitter because um, he has what's called a trach, where it's like an artificial hole they put in um, in your neck if and when you can't breathe normally, you know, through your nose or mouth. Um, and something like mechanical or pathologically is wrong, so you're like, you can't do that, that's when they put that in. Um, and then he also has, you know, an artificial feeding tube, you know, at his stomach. Um, and both of those things and require like tubes and equipment that he's hooked up to that are also hooked up to his bed and his wall. So it's a lot of tubes. And apparently he'd been trying to pull at the tubes um, and getting up and was doing all of it naked for whatever reason, because excuse me, just to add on top of the fun cake that that sounds like. Um, and the sitters that he had, the meaning the people that are watching him and trying to make sure that he's not pulling anything necessary out of his body, um, are all ladies of color. It could have been that they're ladies. It could have been that they're ladies of color. It could have been that they're watching him. I know yesterday the... Um, sitter that I had for the morning, I wouldn't have worn over for my sitter She was on her phone, um, talking very loudly and watching episodes of whatever show, and unfortunately she would be a horrible uh, caricature to show why certain groups of people just, you know, and it's just like, that, that's the stereotype right there, man. That's like, you're supposed to be watching this guy and trying to make sure, like, he's not pulling anything out. And you're on your phone watching, like, a TV show, really. Um, you know, but he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't really talk to her to let her know if he needed anything. Not that maybe she was listening because she was on the phone. Um, but then there was also another tech I was working with who actually does her job very well. So she was checking on him. He wouldn't really talk to her either. She's about the same shade as this other lady, but obviously is not on her phone and stuff. She's actually working. Um, and then come to find out from what I found at night shift, um, when I got report on him the next day, um, he will talk to the nurse I took over, or the nurse I gave report to, because she was white. Apparently he was talking to me, because I guess I was, I passed the paper bag test. Um... But then I guess whoever his sitter was or tech was last night did not pass that paper bag test. And 
he was calling her every name that was not on her name tag, along with several of the other nurses, all their names that were not on their name tags either. And when I say that, I don't mean just insulting. I mean the derogatory racist names. But, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where you wonder, it's like, well, just based on the people you saw take care of you, like, who who did you think was going to come and, like, take care of you? Because I could tell you the majority of people who are working in the hands-on section of, like, healthcare, whether that's, like, your nurse, your tech, your lab person, the EKG person, shoot, it's probably going to be your doctor or the PA or the nurse practitioner, too, the person who comes and, you know, cleans up your room and takes out the trash, the EVS person, or the person who's bringing you food, the dietary service person. I'd say like a good 8 out of 10 of them are going to be people of color. So for you to just blatantly insult, be insulting people and then wonder why it takes a little longer for them to come to your room. Because really you got to get mentally prepared to, you know, provide good customer service and pro- and professionalism, as they tell us, you know, while you're being all th- being called all things that no one ever named you. You know, you may need a, a couple extra minutes to mentally prepare for that so that you don't lose your, lose your crap when you go in that room. I know I certainly do have to when I go in rooms like that. We just, you know, just kind of like I know what they've said about my coworkers. The fact that they think it's okay to tell me about what they've said to my coworkers pisses me off. And then, of course, when I tell them, you know, I just happen to be a lighter version of that coworker that you called like five different racial slurs, um, then, you know, there's that silence, that staring, trying to figure out if it's really true. Then they look at my hair like, oh, is this true? And it's like, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, the other the other nurse who I took I took over for, she was just trying to like come in, check on you, do her assessments, make sure you all right, see if she let needs to let the doctor know about anything. Like her job, I don't. But you know, and that's on top of working short and everything. But I just. It just really, over the years, I guess, because this year I have been a nurse eight years, it's just really surprising the gall of, like, different patients. And the thing is, I know from this conversation, you guys are probably going to think, like, oh, it's just white. No, it's not only just white patients. There will be, because um, I've taken care of some black patients who, you know, been very kind to me, very kind to them. But as soon as I hear someone with an accent, be it Jamaican, or African, or Hispanic, or Vietnamese, all of a sudden they have a whole bunch of stuff to say too. And it's like, well, they, they're they a nurse as well. They're a GNA as well. Like, they're here to take care of you. And if they act professionally, like, unprofessionally, that's one thing. But at no point, even if they act unprofessionally, are you supposed to call them, like, all those names? No, you're not. You know? Because I know anyone in here who called you any one of those names, you'd be reporting us, trying to get, you know, our license taken and all sorts of things. 
but then you know nurses tax evs people all of them got to deal with you know as difficult jobs as we work it's like being called that and then i'm sure it's the same as you know you working at a gas station or a grocery store there's only like three checkout lines in addition to the um in addition to the self-checkout because people got tired of being stepped on even though they're so-called essential employees everybody feels like they can talk to them any kind of way so it's like you know what i can go work at another job that's paying a lot more money and i'll have to be talked to this or i could just work at home and just don't have to talk to anyone at all <laughs> you know <laughs> um but I think people overall, especially racist people, but I think people overall really need to consider how they talk to people. I'm not saying like kissing people's butt and stuff, but just, you know, hi, how are you? My name is, this is my issue. This is what I'm talking about, you know, please don't touch, you know, that if it's sore. Can you get me pain medicine for that? You know, about how long that's going to take. Okay. And if they come back a little later than they planned on, you know, hopefully they apologize. Give a brief overview of the why. You can't really go into detail, especially if you're dealing with another issue with a patient because it's HIPAA, but you could say, you know, there was an emergency with another patient. I deal with that. But, you know, I brought you your stuff. Here it is, you know. But I just, I just feel like a lot of patients, patients, and, you know, not all of them are old. Everybody always thinks like it's always some old curmudgeon, some old lady or some old man. Nah, some of them are like 50s, 60s. Shoot, some of them are my age or younger, which I'm in my early 30s, so some of them are my age or younger saying this ridiculous stuff. It's just like, have you learned nothing? Have you not seen the world? Like, that's what the internet's for. Do you not see all these people everywhere? Like, all shades of people, all looks of people from all over the world. But okay, you're just going to act like you don't see them. Okay. Then when you go to a hospital, urgent care, nurse at home, group home, assisted living, if things take a little longer, if people have to get mentally prepared to talk to you, you know, just keep that in mind. They're probably still going to do their job well. It's just they got to get mentally prepared to talk to you. And if they're taking deep breaths while providing care for you, that means that they're trying not to say what people normally would say in like a TikTok or YouTube video or something where they would say all the same things you're saying, you know, or just cut right to you insulting your mother and all sorts of things. Um, they're just holding that in. And they'll do the, you know, the professional thing and maybe stay down in a break room or yell in the car or something, you know, as one does. But, um, you know, you just, you just, you just, you wonder about people, especially as patients, because it's like, I, I don't know who you're going to think you get care from, but okay. Because I know, um, especially what they do in nursing homes, or at least what my admin and DO would do in nursing homes, is they would go 
with the second person, have a talk with the resident, um, because the nursing host, a call resident, is their homes. Um, it'd be like, you know, if you're going to keep talking to the staff like this, and if you're going to keep saying this stuff to the staff, especially if they're in their right mind, um, if they've been deemed competent, then, you know, we're going to give you a 30-day notice to find another place that you feel has, you know, appropriate people taking care of you. Because obviously you shouldn't be here. <laughs> so between you, your family, whoever helps you with your stuff, you got 30 days from this notice to find another place. Or if they're not in their right minds, they would speak to whoever their power of attorney or representative party is. And then that's when I'm like, oh, no, no. Like, yeah, well, we've got a documented, brought the ombudsman in. Um, coincidentally, even though we scheduled those meetings with you prior, um, you copped out on, in one instance, one person copped out on those meetings like three times, canceled those meetings three times. So like, you know what, third time's the charm. We're gonna send these uh, priority mail and they gotta sign for these. <laughs> it says the third meeting notice, priority mail. And it's like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't play that around here. We got like, because I think that place um, that I worked it, I want to say it was like a, over 100 company, under over 100 countries represented like in the, in the diversity of the staff. So I took that very seriously. And you're not just going to talk to staff who are coming in and trying to provide like a home for these people any kind of way, whether you're here long term or short term, you know. So I was glad they took that seriously. Unfortunately, um, the management changed and things kind of took a downhill turn to where the management later didn't care a crap about that. They didn't even care a crap about how they spoke to the employees. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that's what I have for, um, you know, just disobedience patients. I think they should really think twice about who's going to actually take care of them, you know. What do the people who take care of me look like? And should I really be talking to them that way? And I'm not saying, you know, they're suddenly going to not be a racist person. But I just say, you know, hold it in until you're discharged and you're on your way home in the Uber. You know, when you're on your way home in the ambulance, you can think it. Then, you know, when you're safe inside your house, you can say whatever you want in your house. Because I'm not at your house. The EMTs aren't at your house. The transport people aren't at your house. We're on to the next people. But just save it till you get at your house, you know. Don't say that crap here. There's enough, there's enough stuff going on here with your medical condition to be worried about that. So that's what I gotta say about that. Um, but next, we're gonna talk about some tea, tea and candles, because those are much nicer things to talk about. Hello, and welcome back to Isan Is. Um, I just wanted to talk about candles for a bit. They've pretty much been my obsession for the last few months um 
I find that I like stronger scents um, as far as like kind of woodsy and musky. And then every once in a while, I'll be in, in the mood for a floral scent and take me away to a nice warm place since we're in the deep of winter. Um, but I just find it being like really calming, um, especially after work, coming home, lighting a candle, or even just during randomly during the day um, while I'm about the house or coming back from the store, um, lighting a candle as well. Because um, I sometimes I just like watching it burn and kind of melt and then just taking in the scent and the little bit of like warmth it gives. Um, but that's pretty much what I like about the candles. Um, I don't know. It's just become like a new thing. I don't know if it's kind of bougie. Because um, some of these candles are expensive. I'm like, but it's like a two ounce candle. Why is it so much? So I've been making sure to use like some Sephora points and Ulta points and whatever points I can towards some candles. Um, but I found... Because I know I did a recent order from Black Girl Sunscreen and part of her package included a candle um, uh, from, I want to say, Lena Nicole, who she has an Instagram um, and she makes natural soy candles and she's local to where I live um, in my state of Maryland. So I thought it'd be cool, you know, to support... Um, Locally, so I'm just looking at her scents and kind of trying to figure out which one I'm going to buy in the future. Um, so I'll let you guys know when I do. Um, and then hopefully I can talk about how it smells, how nice it is, you know. The one I have, which I think is like, I think it's like summertime fine, something like that. Um, it's like one of those tins, which I had such a hard time opening. Um... But my mom came to visit and she was able to open it with a knife. And I'm like, but I've been trying for like a week and a half to get that open. How did you do that? She's like, I used a knife. I'm like, oh, it didn't occur to me because I had been seemingly banging it on everything. So I don't even know why a knife didn't occur to me. But there, there that is such problem solving skills I have. But anyway, <laughs> uh, putting e-sands problem-solving skills aside, um, I'll be back for another episode this month. I know um, I'm still trying to work out the schedule. I think probably twice a month will work as far as episode uploads, hopefully more often, but at least twice a month. So thank you for listening and hopefully you can tune in for the next one. Thank you.